Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Early Read Bedside. It's College Football Betting Show. I'm your host, Reed Wallach, and shocker, we had another chaotic week in college football for you. What started with Michigan and TCU keeping their uh, unbeaten season alive, ended with Caleb Williams thrusting himself into the Heisman Trophy conversation, and in between, we had Ohio State survive a scare in the college uh, in College Park, as well as Tennessee completely ejecting itself from the college football playoff conversation. A lot happened in week 12 and we have a lot to get to so to do all that we brought on alex gleitman from buckeye huddle to talk all things college football playoff the game ohio state versus michigan and the heisman trophy conversation you follow alex on twitter at alex gleitman that's a-l-e-x-g-l-e-i-t-m-a-n alex appreciate you for coming on busy busy week how's it going yeah man thanks uh thanks for having me it's it's certainly exciting uh this is the best week of the year if you're an Ohio oh, yeah. State or Michigan fan, maybe even just a college football fan in general. Uh, I think a lot is is hanging on this week from, you know, the college football playoff picture, obviously the Big Ten picture, the Heisman Trophy. Uh, so I, I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah, let's jump into it. Uh, let's start with Heisman Trophy because I think that the, the, the Heisman Trophy, the Michigan-Ohio State game, and the college football playoff, they all kind of are starting to blend together into one large conversation. So we'll start with the Heisman Trophy. And like I mentioned, Caleb Williams, 500 all-purpose yards. They beat US, UC, USC, beats UCLA 48-45 in this chaotic back-and-forth affair. Uh, last night, Caleb Williams surpassed CJ Shroud on the odds board to be the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. I think a lot of that was aided by the athletic straw poll that made Caleb Williams the overwhelming favorite. Basically, everyone put him, not everyone, but majority of the people put him at the top of their board. But just keep in mind, those people also put Drake May neck and neck with C.J. Stroud last week for the Heisman Trophy. So Williams, he has the counting stats. He's on a team that controls their own destiny to the college football playoff. Uh, so, Alex, I'll start with you. C.J. Stroud, though, is on the other side. Similar stats on, we'll call it the second best team in the country right now. Undefeated. He's been at the top of the board the entire year. Maybe not as flashy as Williams, but do you still think that this is C.J. Stroud's award to lose? I still do. I think, you know, if Ohio State beats Michigan this weekend, I can't imagine that happening without C.J. Stroud having a pretty good game. Yep. 
you shouldn't assume anything in today's world of college football, but you assume that Ohio State then gets, I mean, probably a, a fairly easy win against either Iowa or Purdue, uh, pending he plays pretty good in that one too. I think it's his to lose. Now, the next couple of weeks should work itself. I think it should work itself out. I mean, I guess there's a scenario that USC wins the next two weeks. Caleb Williams mm-hmm. lights it up. Ohio State wins. Maybe maybe they actually lean on that. Like maybe Mayan Williams and Dallin Hayden, um, whoever plays at running back, you know, like like this past week, maybe they're able to lean on the running game a little bit more when the passing game's not going. And maybe it's it's very clear. But I think no matter what, when we sit there, you know, on December 4th, I guess, after the conference championship games are played, I think we're going to have a pretty good idea of who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. So I do think it's Strouds to lose, but I think it's it, it probably is much closer than than maybe it was before that USC-UCLA game. Oh, yeah. I mean, as UCLA's driving down with a minute left uh, before that Dorian Thompson-Robinson interception, the USC lose that game. This isn't a discussion. It, Shroud is, what, minus 400 to win the Heisman. He's kind of the last one standing. It feels a lot like last year where, you know, Aiden Hutchinson has that big performance against Ohio State, and all of a sudden he's making a push at Bryce Young uh, for the Heisman, and Bryce Young pulls uh, a rabbit out of his hat. They beat Auburn on the road, and, you know, he goes on to win the Heisman Trophy and, you know, flying colors. To me, USC has a little bit of pressure here where they still need to be the Notre Dame team. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. And then when the Pac-12 championship game against one of Oregon, Utah, Washington, USC loses another game. CJ Shroud will probably be a unanimous Heisman Trophy winner. There, It won't be a debate. So I think that the door is open for Williams. I still don't know if I'd make him the favorite just yet, but I would think that this is a – it's getting close, so we'll see what happens. Um, let's turn this into the college football playoff conversation, though, because to me – it's shaping up to be Georgia, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan. And then in order of who controls their own destiny, I would say TCU, USC, Clemson, and the loser of Ohio State, Michigan. I don't really see a world where LSU gets in, but I think, you know, there is a world where two Big Ten teams get in. I don't think it's very likely, but Alex, any gripes with how I kind of laid out the college football playoff discussion? I think USC and TCU. They control their own destiny outside the Ohio State and Georgia. They control their own destiny to make the college football play. But I think Clemson on the outside looking in here. I think we'll I think we'll find out tonight. Um, I know that the rankings don't necessarily matter because they can change it up however they really want yeah. at the last minute. But if they still have LSU ahead of USC, I think that speaks volumes to me. Um, I know no no two lost team has ever won or ever made the college football playoff, but. I think if there's a year, it could be this year. I think you're you're maybe not giving LSU enough credit in the committee's eyes. Like, committee okay. loves the SEC. I just think they love the SEC. LSU's loss were really early in the season. If they come back and they beat Alabama, um, you know, everyone else they've gone through in the West, and then they come in and beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, I think they're going to have a great argument to get in. Now, you know, do they view a two-loss – SEC champion LSU, who's really hasn't lost, you know, since really the beginning part of the season. Do they view that better than a one loss USC champion of the Pac-12 in a weaker conference? I don't know. Um, but I think tonight's rankings could give us a little glimpse of how they do view that. Because if you're if you're ranking LSU ahead of USC all the way until championship weekend and then LSU beats Georgia, yeah. how are you going to keep LSU out? And then you know, are you going to maybe say that USC gets in over Georgia? I just don't think if that's Georgia's only loss of the year and it's a close game that you're going to keep them out either. So 
I, I, I do think that the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, there is a scenario for them to get in, but I think it's more likely at this point that that uh, you know, it, it probably lays out like you said it, but I it that will all work itself out in the next like USC can easily lose to Notre Dame this week. Mm-hmm. TCUs can can easily lose the Big 12 championship game, right? Like I, there's just so many scenarios. It's so hard to say, but I, I think you laid it out pretty good. I just maybe disagree a little bit with LSU there. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that people are looking at LSU. It, it's a weird lens because also we're saying like, oh, if LSU wins out, they also need to beat Georgia as two touchdown underdogs in the SEC <laughs> championship game. So we'll see how it goes. But I think that I don't really hold, I just don't think there's a scenario where LSU gets in. But I had this conversation last night. Maybe the SEC champion, like that is just the ultimate crown jewel you need to put them in. I can't see a world where Georgia doesn't get in, even if they lose. But um, I think there's a lot of interesting debates. It's becoming a little bit more if this team wins, because there's only two weeks left. If this team wins, they're in. If this team loses, they're out. Like, I think it's very interesting. And I mean, talk about Clemson, a team left for dead a few weeks ago. Now, all of a sudden, right back in the mix after Tennessee loses, uh, the Pac-12 kind of cannibalizes itself. So a lot of interesting things coming up and like uh, Alex said we'll see tonight how the committee ranks us even though they'll probably change their mind as they see fit so a lot of great stuff there let's give out some winners though and last week we gave out other winners uh four and three week 52 42 and one against the spread this year on this show helped us get over a thousand subscribers on YouTube it's been awesome you know we've made some money let's cap off the regular season with a winning weekend and we start of course with the game. Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State lane. We'll call it census, seven, seven and a half, total of 57 in Columbus. Um, you know, Michigan got off the schneid last year, knocking off their losing streak. There's a lot of questions, Alex, before I turn to you for the Ohio State conversation. Michigan's very banged up at the moment. Blake Corum left in the first half of the game against Illinois that Michigan had to squeak past with a knee injury, came back in, had a carry in the second half, and then he was done. You know, it seems like he's on track to play. You're not going to get much out of Jim Harbaugh, but Don Edwards, uh, also a great running back. He's been out, might have a broken hand, some are saying on uh, the message boards. Uh, offensive lineman Trevor Keegan, out for the past two games. Tight end Luke Schoonmaker, he's been hurt. Eric All, he's been out. So this is a banged-up Michigan team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I know Ohio State has their injury questions, but I think Michigan might be in for some trouble here given how they've been tested this year, how they've been um, not challenged in the secondary. And this is obviously maybe the best passing offense in the entire country in Ohio State. Alex, I'll turn to you. What's it going to be this year? Is it is Ohio State getting some revenge here? Are they going to cover the spread? How do you see it going down? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could talk about the Michigan injuries without talking about the Ohio State injuries. Jackson Smith, the jig has basically been out the whole year. And you, you, you would, he was a Heisman dark horse. Everyone loved this guy's Heisman trophy guy. Has and he's not stepping on the field on Saturday. I'll like, I'll, I'll say, you know, I know they're they're being coy about it, but I'll, he's not stepping on the field on Saturday. We don't know if Mayan Williams is going to play. We don't know if Travion Henderson's going to play. True, that leaves true freshman Dallin Hayden as the only scholarship quarterback because Evan Pryor is also out for the year. Um, right guard Matt Jones got rolled up on his ankle, which was already sprained last week. Is he going to play on the defensive side of the ball? They've had cornerback injuries and things like that. So both teams are going to be banged up. I, I you know, I don't want to hear the excuses on either side. I, this is going to be a really, really good game. And I think it's very simple. Can Ohio State 
stop the run and force J.J. McCarthy to beat them vertically. If they stop the run, can J.J. McCarthy beat them vertically? He hasn't proven that he can this year. I think Jim Knowles is going to have some really exotic looks uh, dialed up to, to kind of throw him off his game when they know that they're in passing situations. They're probably going to have some things installed in the defense to make sure that he's not running wild on them because there's no way they're going to let themselves get beat like they did last year where Michigan just bullied them in the trenches they, they said, we're going to line up and run the ball down your throats, and they did every single time. I don't see Ohio State losing that way. So Michigan's going to have to find another way to beat them, um, even if Blake Corum plays, which I'm actually hearing he probably won't. But we'll see. Ooh. You know, That's, that's going to okay. be some back and forth probably all week. You're going to hear different things thrown out to keep Ohio State on their toes. But even if he does play, he's, he's definitely not going to be 100%. So, and neither is Donovan Edwards. But, you know, on Ohio State's side, they've had trouble running the ball uh, themselves. And I think, you know, Everyone loves their offense. They look at the stats. Stats don't tell always tell the whole story to me, especially with some of the teams that they played on their schedule. I just think if you watch Ohio State, they are clearly there's there's they're human. They're human on offense. I think mm-hmm. if they had Jackson Smith and Jigba, they would be another level up and they would be almost virtually unstoppable. But I think that a lot of teams are, are doubling Emeka Ibuka, doubling Marvin Harrison Jr., try, saying Julian Fleming, go beat us. And I don't I don't know if he's capable to do that on every single series, every single game. And I think Michigan's probably going to have a similar game plan. They're going to throw a lot of pressure at CJ Stroud. Is he identifying where that pressure is coming from being able to, you know, hit hit those quick reads and and things like that. Those, you know, is Ryan day dialing it up and and can Ohio state run the ball to keep Michigan on their toes a little bit and not be as aggressive. So those are the big questions I'm looking at very long winded. I know I'll get to the (laughs) point here. I just have a feeling Ohio state, as you said, the revenge, like this has been eating at them you know, for a year now, and it, it's left a really bad taste in their mouth. I think they're going to come out and I, I think they're going to win by, um, I'll call it at least 10 points in this game. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
last week uh, in the look ahead market, Ohio State dropped inside of a touchdown six and a half. So I scooped that up. I still like Ohio State in this game. I mean, I make them closer to a 10 point favorite. You made some great points. So I'm just going to kind of complement your analysis with some numbers I had brought up here. Michigan's outside the top 100 and passes uh, for more than 10 yards, 90th and 20 plus yards. This team has not been a vertical passing attack all season. I mean, JJ McCarthy hasn't looked great pretty much since he was playing that easy non-conference schedule against the Yukons and the Hawaii's of the world. So this Ohio State defense with Jim Knowles has improved significantly from last year. I think that they're going to win the push on both sides of the ball with a banged up Michigan offensive line. And they're going to dare J.J. McCarthy to beat them. And I don't know if J.J. McCarthy has the capability of beating them this just yet. This is an inexperienced quarterback going on the road in what to me is really their first elite matchup. I mean, we saw Maryland go into Ann Arbor, um, pick up almost 400 total yards. And I know you could say, oh, well, Maryland kind of passed all over Ohio State last week in College Park. But Maryland's passing offense is more explosive than Michigan's just straight up. So, yeah. You can test the Ohio State secondary. I just don't know if Michigan's receivers and quarterback have the ability to test that Ohio State secondary. So you talk about Blake Corum. I mean, word is he might not play. Definitely banged up. Donovan Edwards might be out. I mean, Michigan's going to have to pass to stay in this game. And I think ultimately how this game is going to go, even if C.J. Stroud gets put under duress and he struggles early, I think you're going to see Ohio State wear on this Michigan team and eventually break. the dam's going to break in the second half and Ohio State wins this one going away. Um, I just think... This Ohio State team, more physical, in my opinion. This is a different Michigan defense that, again, hasn't been tested in the secondary. And I think Ohio State's going to find some answers. They're going to find some holes deep. And, you know, Marvin Harrison uh, Jr., it won't be Jackson Smith and Jigba probably, but this passing game is still a lead. And I think that you're going to see Shroud with a clean pocket, and he's going to pick him apart. So I, I like Michigan. Or I like Ohio State to kind of get some revenge on Michigan. I just haven't seen it with Michigan in a while now. This offense, bit of smoke and mirrors. And if Corum isn't 100%, they're in trouble. So, Great stuff from Alex there um, on Ohio State, Michigan. Let's bring up that recap graphic as we are both going to lay it with the Bucks. Alex, more of a lean, but for the sake of the show, we're giving out picks. We're going to take Ohio State minus seven and a half. So final week of the regular season, uh, we have some Friday games. Not your typical three-game Friday night slate uh, in the group of five. We have full complement of games on Thanksgiving week, rivalry week. And Alex, you're looking at uh, North Carolina. We were talking about Drake May earlier. Uh, kind of. If you want to win the Heisman, you can't lose his three touchdown favorites to Georgia Tech on their backup quarterback. So Drake May, not a Heisman contender like some of us thought, some being me. But they are laying six and a half against North Carolina State in a rivalry game on Friday. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I, I love North Carolina. I think they're going to have a bounce back game. NC State, you know, uh, Devin Leary has been out for the you know is out for the year now for a few weeks. I know that they've had a chance to, uh, to, to kind of develop their, a, a young quarterback of their own. Um, but I think, you know, I, I like the Tar Heels to bounce back. I think Drake May is, is probably the number one pick in the 2024 NFL draft at this point. I mean, a lot of things could change because Spencer Rattler was supposed to go number one a few years ago too. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like the Tar Heels. I think they're my, they're my pick of the day on, on Friday. All right. Love it. Uh, my this is honestly, I think my favorite spot of the week when we're talking. Um, you know, you could put this in the underdog segment, but I'm gonna uh take Missouri plus three against Arkansas. We played Arkansas last week and they needed that win. One went away from bowl eligibility, playing a, a sleepy, dreary, tired old miss team. Now, I mean, rumors are Lane Kiffin might leave for Auburn, so maybe that was behind the scenes. They went up 42 to six in that game, just absolutely dump truck them. 
So a great job by Arkansas. But this is a tough turnaround here. They qualify for a bowl. Missouri needs to win to get into a bowl eligibility. So it's almost the reverse of what Arkansas had last week. And Missouri's been on the wrong side of a lot of tough games this year. Played tough against Georgia. Kind of the most competitive we've seen a team be against Georgia this year. They blew a late lead to Kentucky. They fumbled the game away in the end zone against Auburn. Uh, so this Missouri team's been a little snake bitten by some bad luck. I think they get an outright win here. I'll take the points, but the defense remains nails. Top 25 in success rate, top 15 in line yards, 12th in tackles for a loss. The defense is fantastic. They also played a bottom five tempo in terms of plays per minute. So you're going to see the Mizzou team slow it down, play physical with KJ Jefferson, who's been nursing injuries. And I think at home, catching the three, sure, I'll take it. I like Missouri uh, to probably win this game outright, but I'll take the points. So there's our two Friday picks. Uh, UNC minus six and a half for Alex. And then I'm going to take the three with Missouri in that rivalry game, plus three against Arkansas. Uh, sticking with it, though, uh, we have two more underdogs we want to talk about here. So kind of gives away which side we're leading towards. But we were talking Caleb Williams. We we're talking USC. Alex, I'll give it away for you just so I can tee you up here. You're taking Notre Dame with the points. I agree with you, by the way. I, am, I I'm going to bet the Irish as well. Do you think that the Irish get an outright win here with Marcus Freeman uh, going to Southern California? I'm going to say yes. I, I think I'll probably put money on the money line also. Um, I, I just think USC is maybe a paper tiger to some extent. And I think they should have lost last week. Um, there's probably a couple other games where, where they were caught. I think they if they don't lose this week, I think they could very well lose in the Pac-12 championship game. I think Lincoln Riley's building something. Well, we'll see what happens when they join the Big Ten in a couple of years. I think they'll win the Pac-12 next year and make the playoff. I just don't know if this is their year yet. I think they're building toward that. But I like Marcus Freeman's defense to keep Caleb Williams in check. I, I'm a big fan of fishy spreads and Notre Dame only being, uh, you know, USC only being favored by five at home in this rivalry game. When Notre Dame, you know, obviously they've looked good at times, but they've been very shaky at other times. Um, I, I just think that this is this is one where uh, Vegas is going to win a lot of money off people taking the Trojans. Yeah, I haven't bet it yet. Plus five, it's kind of in that dead number. I want to see if I can maybe get six. But you want to talk about styles make fights. Notre Dame is going to be able to establish the run here against this USC defense team that is far and away the most um, the best team when it comes to turnover margin. And you're going to see Notre Dame kind of pound the rock and try and get out of there. Notre Dame. I mean, we talk about like one of the weirdest teams of the entire year. Just look at their resume beat the teams like UNC, Clemson. They hung tough with Ohio State. They also lost to Marshall and like couldn't beat Cal by margin. Um, they're actually 4-0 um, as an underdog this season against the spread. So this is a team that plays up to their competition quite a bit. I think you're going to see a huge letdown from USC after that crazy game against UCLA. And I think Notre Dame is going to keep this close. I don't trust USC to pull away here. So I lean towards the Irish at five. I'm going to wait to see if I get a six, but four and a half. I'm, if I see it start to trickle down towards four, I'll get in on the Irish as well. So Alex likes Notre Dame. I agree. Another one for me, this is kind of a fake game, but Memphis plus four and a half against SMU. I make this SMU minus one. It's not the best matchup for Memphis, but total opened in the seventies. It's been coming down. Both offenses are so explosive. They both play fast. Memphis 33rd in plays per minute. SMU is seventh. Um, both defenses around a hundredth in success rate. So you're going to see points on the board. I think there's a ton of variance here. I think Memphis could easily win this game outright. If you look at kind of the recent play of them, you know, they beat a FCS foe in Northern Arkansas. They beat Tulsa, but then right before that, lost to UCF by seven in a competitive game. Hung tough with Tulane in a competitive game. 
ECU in double over or triple overtime, I believe. They had to go two-point conversions, had a meltdown against Houston. So this is a Memphis team that has been playing tough against good competition. Meanwhile, SMU kind of been beaten up on the lower level of the AAC. Uh, high-powered offense, but we saw last week they got dumped. They just got absolutely demolished by uh, Tulane. I think Memphis is going to be able to run up the score here and keep this within one score. Last team with ball wins. So give me you know key numbers like three and four. I, I like the Tigers here. I think Memphis could easily win this game outright, so I'll take the four and a half there. So there's some underdog picks. And uh, just to recap real quick, Notre Dame plus five for Alex. Memphis plus four and a half for me. And we got one more segment here before we get Alex out of here. He's a Big Ten guy, covers the sport. You know, he's got some Rutgers affiliation. You know, shout out Jersey and the Piscataway fellas. Uh, let's talk some Big Ten real quick. few games are big spreads, but you're looking at the Penn State-Michigan State game. How do you see this one going down? Yeah, it's a large spread, and I normally don't touch this type of stuff. Um, you know, especially in – I don't want to call Penn State-Michigan State a rivalry game, but they play it this weekend every year, and uh, they're usually – it's usually a pretty competitive game, but – I think Penn State's playing great ball right now. A um, lot of confidence uh, coming off a, a win against Mar- – 30 nothing win against Maryland. Two weeks ago, dominated Rutgers 55-10 in a game that was only a 19-point spread. So, you know, I think Vegas was expecting that to be a, a little bit closer than it was. Um, they're just playing – they're playing their best football of the season right now, and Michigan State is is not. Um, it looked like they were turning a corner a little bit, and I think that they absolutely – I had Michigan State last week. I thought they yeah. were – 17 and a half. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) They were looking unbelievable. And then that collapse just happened against Indiana. They lost in overtime. And I just think that that, that, that's like, that broke that. That's probably Mm. broken them completely. Penn State's at home. Uh, I think they want to finish this season on a really strong note. Maybe sneak, you know, get into a New Year's Six Bowl there. Um, That would obviously be really good for James Franklin and recruiting. So I think Penn State minus 18, I'm, I'm willing to lay that this week. All right, he's laying it. I'm going the complete opposite way. I'm going to take the 10 and a half with Nebraska against Iowa. Iowa is a double-digit favorite uh, since 2005. 27-44-1 against the spread as a big 10 favorite. 10-24-1. Kirk Ferentz doesn't know how to cover double-digit spreads with this anemic Iowa offense. It's been the same thing for years now. Um, I know Iowa covered by double digits or a double-digit spread against Northwestern earlier this season, but I just don't see that against this Nebraska team that with Casey Thompson back in the lineup has been extremely competitive. They were beating Illinois at home. Um, they beat teams like Rutgers and in Indiana this season. I know that's, you know, Iowa isn't that bad, but this was a team that was beating Wisconsin in the fourth quarter last week and then blew the game. I think this is an improved Nebraska team under Mickey Joseph. And, you know, Iowa plays at the 20th slowest tempo and Nebraska's top 40 against explosive runs and pass. I think you could see this game more of a rock fight. I'll grab 10 and a half with Nebraska. There's our big 10 plays for you there. Alex is going to lay the chalk with Penn State minus 18. I'm going to take Nebraska plus 10 and a half against Iowa. And Alex, I know you got to run real quick. So I want to give you time to do this. Is our best of the rest segment where we just fire out a bunch of bets. Any short handicaps you want to make sure the viewers get, get some winners. We want to finish on a high note. So before you get out of here, any other plays you want to share before we get to my best rest and some office hours? Yeah, I got three other three other uh, games I'm looking at real quick. Um, Washington State uh, getting two points in the Apple Bowl against Washington. Uh, I like the Cougars there at home. Uh, Oregon State, only three and a half point underdogs at Oregon. I talked about fishy spreads there. 
I think Oregon might might get caught looking ahead a little bit to next week, coming off the huge, you know, emotional win last week against Utah. Um, I think the Beavers, they're really well coached. They're they're I think they're on the, the right trajectory as a program. And I like them to at least play tough. Maybe they lose, but maybe it's by a field goal. So I'll I'll take the points, not going money line there. Um, the game I really like is Clemson minus 14 and a half against South Carolina. That's a rivalry game. I think Clemson, you know, is, is looking to make their stamp to the college football playoff committee, trying to prove that despite a, a, a terrible ACC basically this year, that they are still playoff worthy, one of the top four teams. And then South Carolina, I think they just like they, they gave everything they had last week in that game against Kentucky. So I see a little bit of a letdown for them. It's a 14 and a half point spread. I would love for it to go to like 14, 13 and a half mm-hmm. if possible and grab it there. But um, I'll take Clemson. I think they're going to win by 21 plus in this game. Yeah, uh, I am with you on the Oregon State train. I, I like the the running underdog there. Um, but Alex, seriously, really appreciate you coming on. You crushed it. Um, you know, from Buckeye Huddle. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Alex Gleitman. Uh, Alex, best of luck this weekend. Go Bucks. Let's get a cover and let's hit some bets. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. Excited for this weekend. So there's Alex Gleitman. Really appreciate him coming on. I'm going to rattle off a few more uh, picks I have, and then we'll get to some questions in the comments. Um, so I got, what do I got? I got three more I want to share. Yeah, three more still available. So we'll start uh, Mountain West action. San Diego State plus one and a half. Um, I think Moneyline's good here. I'll probably split the bet on that. But I think that the San Diego State team is starting to turn into something else at the end of the season. Jalen Maiden is a converted safety now at quarterback. Um, and this offense has taken off uh, now. Scored 30-plus against New Mexico and San Jose State, two of the better defenses in the Mountain West. And this Air Force team, out to the top 100 explosive pass defense, I think San Diego State can hit on enough chunk plays with Maiden. We've seen that over the last few weeks. And you look at the schedule setup, San Jose State played last Friday. They get an extra day to prep for this Air Force triple option, a team that they have historically shut down last year. They only allowed 14 points. They have a fantastic rush defense, allow less than four yards per carry, 24th in EPA per rush. So I think you're going to see a push-up brunt from the Aztecs defense. I like them as small home underdogs. Um, so give me San Diego State plus one and a half. I think that this is a team being a little underrated now with Maiden under center. This offense has been much, much better. Uh, sticking in the Mountain West, uh, bizarre setup, but Boise State, Utah State. I'm going to go under 52 and a half. Anything above 51, good with me here. Boise, one of the best defenses in the country. I mean, top 10 across the board. Um, I think they're going to shut down this Utah State offense. Uh, Ligas, just he's not a player. He's not a, a difficult quarterback to suss out. We've seen D- this team has gone by on turnovers and such. I just don't think that's going to keep up here. And outside of the BYU-Boise State game, their totals are regularly in the 40s in Mountain West play. So I think you're going to see with an early start in Idaho, I believe it's a 10 a.m. local kick. I think you're going to see a real sleepy start for both these teams under 52 and a half. Boise already clinched their Mountain West title spot. Utah State playing for nothing. They qualified for a bowl. I like Boise, Utah State under 52 and a half. And last one, Iowa State plus 10 against TCU. Uh, The Cardiac Torn Frogs did it again. I think that I think they're going to run the table. Why not? But um, I don't think they're going to cover the spread. Matt Campbell, since getting to Ames, 10-2 and two against the spread as a double-digit underdog. Remember, just a few weeks ago, they covered a 17-point spread against Texas. They nearly won that game outright, if not for some late-game uh, drops and fumbles. I think that this Iowa State team, if you look back at Sonny Dyke's comments when they brought in Joe Gillespie, we love Joe Gillespie, the TCU defensive coordinator. 
he came in because Sonny Dykes came from the AAC and saw Tulsa's 3-3-5 and couldn't figure it out. And he said, I need this DC. Brought in Joe Gillespie. And now this TCU defense has been solid. Iowa State runs the same exact scheme as Tulsa did. And now TCU does the 3-3-5. It limits explosive plays. And I think you're going to see Iowa State do just that and give Max Duggan and Sonny Dykes play calling a lot of issues on Saturday. So TCU... Quinn and Johnston left the game early last week against Baylor, their star wide receiver, future top 15 pick. Kendra Miller, their star running back, averaging six and a half yards per carry. He left early with an injury. Davis didn't even start another wide receiver. So does the TCU team kind of limp into the finish line? I don't think they're going to be able to win with margin against this Iowa State team. So I'll take the 10 um, with Iowa State. I know it doesn't seem like they have much to play for, but Matt Campbell is just the absolute nuts in this spot. So I'll take Iowa State plus 10. Um, and yeah, there's a handful of bets there for you. Uh, let's end this one. Let's end this season on a high note. We're hitting at like 55%. So, um, let's hope we could finish with a strong season. Um, let's answer some questions though, before we get out of here, we got, um, Max Borikov in the comments says two loss sec champion could be hard to deny. I think in certain permutations, I mean, Alex is much more bullish on this idea than I am. I I'm more on the, uh, they can't get in. I also, maybe I'm just kind of ruling out LSU to upset Georgia. I don't know. I just think, can you really put them in over a USC team that now will have wins over UCLA, um, Notre Dame, who now has a really strong resume actually, and a Pac-12 championship game against maybe Oregon or Utah. I don't know. I think for LSU to get in, other teams will fall in their in their path. So I think that certain situations will involve losses. Like, if everyone wins out, I don't see LSU getting in. So that's my one comment. But we'll see what happens. Um, some more comments. Ben trickling in here. He says, an underdog money line round robin, early leans, Mizzou, Miss State, Wazoo, Oregon State, Notre Dame. Um, yeah, I we spoke about a few of these on the show. So Missouri, I said I think they can win outright. Miss State, I also think, is very likely to win. I think that this Lane Kiffin conversation is bizarre. I still think he's going to take the Auburn job. I think he's just kind of trolling because he's very online. But I think Miss State, there's more to play for for Mississippi State in this, in my opinion. I know the offense is kind of sputtered in SEC play, but Ole Miss is really kind of falling apart. And maybe this distraction of Lane Kiffin uh, is kind of bearing fruit. Thankfully, they got over their seven and a half wins before all this Auburn talk started. started. But um, I like Miss. I like Miss State as well. Wazoo, they could win. I don't see why not. Uh, Alex liked them at plus two. I, that's basically saying, are they going to win the game? I'm probably not going to have a play on this game, but I, I lean towards Wazoo, uh, my Cougs. Oregon State mentioned that one. I completely agree. Three-point underdogs. I didn't buy that Bo Nix was super healthy. And, you know, this Oregon defense could be trouble. They needed to force a lot of turnovers in that game. Oregon State has been pretty productive with the ball now that they made the trains to uh, – Goldbrinson. So at quarterback, they keep it on the ground. I think they could avoid mistakes and win this one rivalry game at home as an underdog. Sure. And Notre Dame, uh, Alex and myself went pretty long on that one. Uh, so make sure to go rewind that. But I think Notre Dame is very, very live to win this one. USC outside the top, like 115, bottom 15, in the country in EPA per rush. So I think there's a lot of concerns with, you know, after such a tiring game against UCLA, 48, 45, you got Notre Dame coming to town, a team that we've seen play up to competition. I think that, um, you know, Notre Dame is very live there. So Ben, put it in. It's a winner. Uh, I like all those underdog money line round Robin uh, plays, but yeah, there's our show. Plenty of bets to give out for you. Let's see if we could cap the regular season, a profitable regular season. Let's see if we could cap it 
with a winner. So big thanks to Alex for coming on. Big thanks to Sean Daly behind the scenes producing this. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Everybody enjoy your weekend with your family. And let's cash some bets. We'll see you next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.